president and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. And today, as our guest, we have Greg Gibbons, who is SVP of Marketing Communications for Siemens Global. So, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, that's a big responsibility because Siemens is a very big company. So, tell us a little bit about what you do and what some of your other responsibilities are. Sure. So, as you say, Siemens is a, is a big company. It's a sort of diversified industrial conglomerate. We're doing anything from you know, technologies for the energy sector, generation, transmission, distribution, through to the industrial space, um, and also very active in certain infrastructure markets like mobility, mobility building technologies and things like that. So very different, and those businesses have very, I guess, different go-to go -to market structures and models, um, different customer bases, different customer expectations. There is some overlap, but I guess it's quite uh, diverse. So my role as head of marketing communications is to offer some sort of a bundled shared service to those divisions, to those groups. Um, and you know, in, in my current role, what we're focusing on is anything from traditional branding, advertising, media, right through you know, further down the funnel into demand generation, you know, lead generation, those sorts of things. So I guess it's, it's the full spectrum. Um, and what really counts for us is, as I said, trying to look for the, the synergies across those businesses as a shared service but also being able to account for their differences and support them accordingly. So if you had to break that down percentage-wise, how much is there in commonality between the different groups and then how much is unique, I guess, for each group? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if I could quantify it, but you know, if you look at it from, let's say, a vertical market perspective, that might be the best way to do it. So you know, something like a food and beverage, which is probably primarily being driven by some of our industrial businesses. Um, but if you look at something like a utilities market, that's closer to the energy space, of course. That's not to say we don't offer technologies from other areas for those particular vertical markets, even if they're led out of energy or led out of industry. So it's difficult to break down the number. Um, you know, we have key account structures in place. We have market development boards in place that are based in those individual divisions, and they have the leads on certain customers, certain markets. But at the end of the day, I guess it's about bringing the best of Siemens in the best possible way to the customer, depending on their need. So how, how big is your team? Uh, my current team is about 45, um, and I'm based here in the U.S., but the majority of my team is sitting in Munich. That's where Siemens is, is headquartered. There's a couple of folks sitting in a little uh, German town called Erlangen, which is almost Siemens Central. We've got a big chunk of employees there. Uh, but you know, increasingly, we're looking to globalize our function. So you know, headquarters is not necessarily just a geographical location. I think headquarters is more competence. So it doesn't mean that you have to be sitting in Munich to be part of the headquarter team. And increasingly, we start to you know, build resources in other markets where competence exists. We see that a lot with you know, customers. When they first think of a center of excellence has to <coughs> all be physically in one place. Not really. I mean, you're really just organizing commonalities. You, know, exactly. you could have content in one location. You could have product marketing in another. You could have more content in a third. It just depends upon what kind of resources you have access to. Yeah, that's exactly right. I guess it's you know just part of the, the changing internal model. You know, it used to be pretty hierarchical. It used to be that all roads led to headquarters, which I guess from a governance point of view, it, it still does. But when it comes to the day-to-day -day operations and you know, the digital world we live in, you can have resources wherever you, wherever you need them. Uh, and as I said, it's, it, there's a lot to be offered from certain markets. For instance, in the marketing and communications game, you know, I think there's a lot happening here in the U.S. It's a very forward-thinking market. You know, people aren't scared to try things. We move pretty quickly. And so you know, we, we're increasingly driving a, a lot from here. That's not to say we don't push things out of other markets. Of course we do. But the big trend is, is to globalize as much as we can. 
So for a company like yours, it's one of the challenges being nimble, you know, especially in today's technological, technological age, and how do you do that? It is, it is for sure being nimble, and I'm sure we're not the, the only one with that challenge. You know, we're, a, we're a, I guess, a very proud, strong company that's 170 years old, you know, so we've got a strong and, and long heritage. Um, we're pretty complex from a matrix point of view, so it's, you know, often it's the cliche of, of turning the big tanker. You know, you, you could have an aspiration, but to actually make the move to make the turn is something that sometimes takes some time. But I think our global leadership have been pretty dynamic over the last years in setting a course, trying to reorientate the organization. It's all about um, you know, driving a, a strategy of digitalization. I, I know potentially that's a little bit of a cliche, but in our space, that's, that's really true. You know, we're traditionally engineers, you know, makers of hardware. We've got some fantastic domain knowledge across those businesses that I briefly mentioned. But what we're trying to do now is digitalize our business models. You know, and the, the value we can offer to our customers uh, is, is increasing tremendously in those folds. So a lot of the partnerships you see, a lot of the mergers and acquisitions we're engaging in are on, in the digital software space. Um, and that comes with a changing mentality. You know, so it is about uh, you know, driving that change internally. We love to use the word agile. Like it's easy to say, harder to do sometimes. But I guess you, you've got to keep pushing it. You have to keep driving the agenda. Um, sometimes you fail, sometimes you fall back on your own ways, but I think if you push it hard, you try hard, you keep singing from the same hymn sheet, eventually you make progress. So I'm just curious, what's your approach then strategically to technology? How, how, what are you investing in to have better digitalization? Yeah, so of course there's a whole you know, raft of discussion on our business side, how we're transforming those models, but if I, if I bring it back to what we're doing on the marketing side, sure, you know, the, the whole issue of marketing technology is becoming critically important for us. The, one of the challenges we have within Siemens is Given the diverse nature of our businesses, marketing per se, in the traditional sense, sales, that's all decentralized in those businesses. So each business has a slightly different view on what marketing is, what falls under that heading. We're the marketing communications team, as I said, we're bundled, so we offer a service um, to, to all of those divisions. And so we have to look for technology that can scale across those environments. So, you know, over the last year, we've been looking heavily at the marketing automation space, um, the lead management space, we're now starting to invest quite heavily on the analytics side because our whole drive is, is to be far more customer-centric. Um, you know, as, a, as a big, powerful organization, it's obviously, obviously quite tempting to be very inside-out in your approach. You know, we've got a very diverse technology portfolio, lots of products, lots of product managers. It's easy to fall back on that and want to sell products. Of course, we have to do that, but I think we have to lift, lift the conversation one level up. Um, and, and drive value-driven conversations with our customers based on their needs. And in order to do that, we, we need better customer insights. So I think the, the analytics suite is, is playing a, a far greater role. We also have the aspiration to grow there even more. Um, and those are the areas we're probably looking at the most. It's interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of people are trying to say they want to be customer-centric, they want to deliver a better customer experience. But then what does that mean? So I'm just curious, what kinds of questions are you asking? I mean, what kind of data and insights are you trying to get from your customers that you were not necessarily getting a couple of years ago? Well, I think you're right. I mean, again, everyone's talking about that at the moment, but it's how you actually make it happen. And to answer that one, I probably wouldn't look to technology. I'd probably more look to process. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's this there's um, well-known phrase that's sometimes attributed to to Lincoln, although I hear maybe incorrectly so, but it's something like. If I had eight hours to cut down a tree, I'd spend six hours sharpening my axe. And that sort of encapsulates what we're trying to do, which is more work on the front end. So before we're taking something to market, 
you know, message campaign, platform, whatever it might be, we're doing a lot of work up front, working with sales and marketing to understand the customer, to understand the buying center. So, you know, investing heavily in, in things like personas, you know, doing a lot of the content mapping work to understand the customer journey. And only once we've done that preparation um, are we going out there with our campaigns and pushing them to market. And again, that's a transition. I'm not saying we get that right across the board. Uh, we have some success stories here and there, but it's something that we're looking to accelerate. Um, and that, I think that's where that feedback loop comes back in, because when you're, you're running your campaigns and they're fairly well orchestrated based on a journey, which is based on certain needs, I think you're able to track you know, how things are progressing, what the level of engagements are, what the level of conversions are, and you're actually able to adjust what you're doing almost in real time. Um, so I think for me it's almost more process than it is technology. Technology is the enabler, but you need the right mindset and strategy up front. So are you, um, I guess what you're being measured on, being held accountable, is that changing now? Because your business is changing? It is changing, it, it really is. So I would say for a long time um, out of our function, and, and bear in mind again what I said about marketing sitting in the business and we're more marketing communications. But I think for a long time a lot of the metrics that we were measured on were at the top of the funnel. So it was around you know, awareness, familiarity, you know, getting towards the consideration level. But more and more now we're moving closer to our business. We are a shared service function, that they pay for us, we have to deliver value. And we try not to look at uh, you know, brand and business as being mutually exclusive, they're one and the same thing. You know? So the work we're doing at the top of the funnel on the brand side you know, is really providing the, the air cover for the things that we want to sell a few uh, levels down. It's, it's creating awareness and interest around a theme, we're opening a door, and then we try to you know, get entrenched into a conversation with a prospect or a, a, an existing customer. And so I think the metrics are changing a little bit. You know, more and more we're talking not just about what we're doing on the awareness side, but we're looking at things like conversion, we're looking at things like marketing qualified leads, sales accepted leads, and ultimately business one. So we've, we've even got some examples of really pretty impressive closed loop reporting, I would say, where we can drill it down from inquiry right down to business one. Again, it's early days there, it's working in some areas and we have to scale it up. But yeah, those metrics are changing. It takes a lot of work. Um, so how do you balance that? Because one of the conversations I have a lot with, with executives is they're under pressure to change. They want to change. And they want to know if they can change fast. Is there such a thing as changing the culture, especially in a company your size, that fast? Or is it more about changing incrementally and, and getting key stakeholders in over time? And how do you balance that out? I, I'd love to say there is. You know, that you can say this is the way we're going to do it and overnight it works that way. But that's, that's obviously not, not the case, you know. I think you do need a, a strong uh, senior vision that needs to be installed in the organization. And there needs to be some sort of a roadmap and acceptance that you know, this is where we are today, this is where we aspire to be somewhere in the future, but also recognition that it's not going to happen overnight. And, and then it's looking for you know, a, a guiding coalition that can help that, help that happen across all levels of the organization. And I really think you know, quick wins and demonstrating those quick wins are quite important. The other thing we grapple with now extensively is this, is this idea of, of um, fast failure, also a term that's being thrown around a lot, but I think it's true. You know, in, this, in this digital world and as we're trying to transform business models, one has to be willing to innovate and to experiment and to, to see how it goes. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but then you need to learn from that and move on. Yeah, I think that's another big challenge for companies. People are reticent, I think, to do that because they're so worried they're going to get judged for it and they don't want to admit that they actually made a mistake. And, you know, 
I guess my viewpoint is you're not really failing if the whole intent is continuous and perfect. That's right. I, I love to say it myself, but I also don't like to fail. So, I mean, it really is a mental adjustment you have to make. And maybe the word fail is a little bit too strong. You probably need to think of a different term, but it's really learning um, from whatever programs you're putting in place. And sometimes they don't hit the targets that you aspire to, but you, you're getting something out of it. We like to say if you fell forward in your face, that's good because at least you're moving forward. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just keep up. Yeah. So, uh, you've seen a lot of change as you uh, moved up through the ranks, and, and uh, I know you just recently got more responsibilities, so congratulations. What, what advice would you give to your fellow marketing executives out there? Well, it's a good question. You know, I guess what's um, served me relatively well over the years is, is trying to be a generalist. Um, some people don't like that term, but I think, you know, I think many people will relate to this. The, the, the more senior you get, the more that stands you in good stead. I think you need... Um, experience across the mix, across the spectrum. Um, I think you, it's always an advantage to have you know, global experience in different markets so you know how to work across cultures. Um, I don't need to be the expert on all these things. I, I'm certainly not the demand generation expert. I'm not the, the MarTech expert, but there are people in my team who know those things really well, and I know enough of them to understand how to connect the dots with the strategy and keep the ship moving forward. So I, I guess the, those generalist skill sets um, being able to work across boundaries effectively within teams, but also across culturally, across cross country. I think those are the things that, that have been the most important for me, certainly in a big global company like Siemens. Well, you can definitely see the, the progress already, and uh, it's great watching uh, all of your accomplishments and everything you've been doing. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Sure, pleasure. Thank you. All right, thank you.